morning and welcome. Happy Friday. We're back. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. I hope this day finds you well. It's the best day of the week. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website keeping us all comfortably disturbed at allamericangold.com. I got to apologize for yesterday. It was a technical malfunction. We had the uh, situation. I'll, I'll tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And we've had issues before where we've had to, uh, unfortunately, not be able to do a show. But nothing quite like yesterday. Uh, so, you know, we get in and, and uh, we... We actually used a phone line. For those of you that don't know, I, I'm not at the radio studio. I'm, I'm not at the studio in Phoenix. I have a, a studio here in our office in the Deer Valley Airport. And we have a dedicated line that we use to dial in to Phoenix. And yesterday morning I went to call like I do every day, and, and it was busy. And I was like, that's weird. So I got out my cell phone, and I called Ramon, and Ramon's like, well, it's not busy. And I tried it again, and it was busy. And then I said to Ramon, hey, will you try to call me. And he tried to call me, and it was busy. And then both of us started calling other people, and it worked. Like, I could call my cell phone, I could call Arlene, I could call my aunt, I could call anybody I wanted, and it worked just fine. Can we blame this somehow on the hurricanes? You know what, I don't know if maybe, I just think they didn't want me on the, the powers to be didn't want me on the air. You've rattled some cages, Right, sir. I must have, because how else could you, because am I wrong or wrong, you called a bunch of people, and it yep. worked just fine. We just couldn't call each other. Um, and just that one, that one bum number, that one number was not going to work. But technically, uh, got out. They, they fixed whatever it was. They fixed it, uh, and everything's a okay. But uh, yeah, it was weird. It mysteriously fixed itself yeah, by the afternoon. Whatever the the ghost that was in the machine left, and uh, we are back in action. I just never had that happen before. It was it was quite interesting. A lot of things. We got a new richest man in the world and it's not dr evil it just looks like him jeff bezos from amazon has surpassed bill gates as amazon's dominance of the world uh, continues he is now the world's richest man and uh, right on cue jc pennies came out with earnings and it was uh, wow not not good they are I think JCPenney's is going the way of Sears. They're both probably going to be done. And it's not just going to be Amazon that finishes them off, but it certainly isn't helping. We had GDP today. We have who's, uh, well, I shouldn't say it's not official yet. Something I told you several weeks ago is now being widely reported as to who is going to be the new head of the Federal Reserve. So we'll talk about that. We had uh, all kinds of brief between yesterday and today. Walgreens announced the closure of 600 stores. Uh, you know, of course, 
the, I don't know if you saw CVS, now says they want to buy Aetna Insurance. But I guess that's one way <laughs> to make sure you get the contract if you, if you own them. UPS says, uh, yeah, I know Janet Yellen says there's no inflation, but we think there is. They're going to be raising prices by 4.9% starting Christmas Eve. So uh, they're going to let you get your packages off before the holiday. And then after that, UPS is going to be raising prices uh, by 4.9%. We have housing data pending home sales came out, and, and really it's, it's starting to get very, very complicated. Uh, Catalonia de- declared independence this morning. Uh, the, the, but don't worry, Spain immediately declared their independence not independent. So everything's wonderful. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, but uh, they, they voted for independence, and then the Spanish government, they had a vote that said we're we're the ones that are in charge, not you guys. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And then the last but not least, what is happening? And we're going to really follow uh, the new pricing for Obamacare today and then rental properties in vacant homes. Yes, rental properties in vacant homes. There's a company out there. They, they do the biggest of them all. They do an annual report uh, that that talks about uh, property vacancies and all of that and how many people aren't paying the rent, and we'll break it all down for you. It's going to be a fantastic show uh, when we get back. We're going to start with GDP because it was a it was a good number, bad number. You know, it was, and, and it's always and, and lately isn't that how all the numbers are? kind of like uh, it's a good number yet it's a bad number it's kind of like new home sales was really good pending homes was the worst in three years gdp the the headline number was really good but consumer spending wasn't very good and the reason for the headline number wasn't very good we'll break all of that stuff down for you and like i said we'll get into how many homes are being rented how many people aren't paying the rent and how many of them are owned by investors sitting empty? Give me some time. I'm living in twilight. Oh, telephone line. Give me some time. I'm living in twilight. 800. 9510592 that is our toll free number don't let you know man 27 it's flying by october's almost over we're, we're in the the last two months of, of this year do not if you can help it don't let this pass you by this is we are in really the sweet spot when it comes uh, to what we do, wealth insurance. It's what we do. When it comes to gold, when it comes to silver, this has been the best buying opportunity going all the way back to 2001, and I actually think it's better, you know, in talking to Eric. And, and what do I mean by that? How much you can buy as far as relative to the spot price. 
And and we've seen it. Remember when gold was nineteen hundred dollars? I don't know. He wasn't there very long, right? But 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 as it was running at seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred eventually topping out at nineteen hundred. You're paying twenty three, twenty four hundred dollars for a liberty or a saint. And you're thinking, you know, four and five hundred dollars over spot. Silver. Remember when silver was going to fifty? <laughs> right. I mean, you, you you couldn't get it, hardly get it at all. And when you could, people I, I people were paying Seven and eight dollars over spot on silver. Uh, today, silver eagles are four hundred dollars a roll. Uh, it's you know just a little over three dollars over spot. If you buy a case, you save five hundred dollars a roll or five bucks a roll. I mean, a case of silver today is less than ten grand. U.S. twenty dollar liberties or saints, you pick it, either one, your choice. Thirteen twenty today. And, and, you know, you're looking at, at uh, gold right now. Gold's up a few bucks this morning, 1270 right? It, it's, in, it, it's really uh, unprecedented in, in, in 15, 16 years. Take advantage of it because you really got to look at why, why is it the sweet spot? The, it's in the sweet spot because the news that we're going to talk about right now, because this is really what's happening uh, in in really the whole entire world, right? They've created all of this money. They don't know what to do with it. Deficits are skyrocketing to try to cover things up. In today's GDP report, this was first look at third quarter GDP. The number came in uh, higher than expected. It hit 3%. So we had 3.1 last quarter, 3% this quarter. The increase was a huge bulge, if you will, in the inventory investment category. And I mean, it was it was really big, uh, to the point of if without an increase in inventory, in other words, if, if companies didn't build all this stuff that didn't get sold, uh, the GDP number would have been about 2.2, which would have been a little less than expected. Uh, but they had this huge increase in inventories. The trade deficit also shrunk a little bit, so that did help a little. I, I want to point that out. With those two together, uh, then, then you're looking at about 2%. Uh, they said it was impossible. This was uh, the Commerce Department put it, put it out there, by the way. Impossible to estimate the over impact, uh, overall impact of the hurricanes. They said that... Uh, the number was driven by the huge increase, like we said, in, in the amount of, of uh, inventory built. To put it in perspective, this was a better first or second and third quarter than last year. So this is the first time we've seen that because last summer we did 2.2 and 2.8. This summer, 3, 3.1 in three and and I, I'll say my guess is and this just I'm just guessing that by this time next year because I'll revise it a few more times it'll probably be you know a little better so that's good but the biggest jump was the increase in, in the tens of billions of dollars in 
inventory that added 0.73%, so figure 75 basis points, so three to would have taken it down to, you know, like I said, two, 2.5, 2.25, something like that. Uh, in the third quarter, uh, they the the one negative was consumer spending. So the the consumer uh, actually spent less, and in, in of course that led, and that was I was expecting that because they had a big bump to get that three one. Remember they said everyone bought cars and all that stuff, and I said you know that doesn't make any sense, and and so this quarter uh, it fell back down, uh, but but also. Spending on residential structures fell 5.2%, uh, did rise 7% uh, in the second quarter. Uh, those were kind of the highlights of the GDP, but this is really what it is, right? Everything's very, very confusing, and this is why gold keeps waiting, right? We're kind of, Eric kind of brought it up last week when he was with us, right? We're kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop. And, you know, then you get announcements today like J.C. Penney's earnings and Walgreens overshadowed, though, by what Amazon and Google did. Uh, Google had a nice report as well. Yesterday, this is a report from yesterday, pending home sale. Uh, was unchanged in September, but they had the reason why it was unchanged. a big revision to the August number. Uh, pending home sales now down. 3.5% compared to a year ago. Uh, so those people that uh, are in the process of closing on a home, closings are down 3.5% uh, year over year. The report said uh, sales were down in the south. Pending home sales uh, were up slightly in the west, uh, in the northeast. But, of course, in the northeast, there's not a lot going on there. But really, the, I think the thing that caught my attention, though, was who's buying the home? And, and of course, I've been talking about how we, we've seen something in this housing market that we've never really seen in the United States, which is the homes are being bought almost, well, I shouldn't say almost exclusively, but by, by Wall Street. Right, this is kind of a new phenomenon. We've always had that the the small guy, right? Maybe he's uh, trying to build his fortune, you know, as a slumlord, or you know, we've always had that, but we've never had it to where uh, Wall Street owns hundreds of thousands of properties, and because the the amount of people renting homes is is starting to really swell. There's a new survey. It's called, it was conducted by ApartmentList.com. So you can look it up yourself, ApartmentList.com. Recently found that Americans, despite the historically low unemployment levels, <laughs> despite the fact that the economy just grew at 3% for the last two quarters, a surging stock market, which would both seem to suggest that everything is awesome, are having a very difficult time making ends meet. See, and this is kind of what, what happens every time we go through one of these 
recessions, depressions, whatever you like to call it. We've gone to the same card, and we've been doing this really all the way back to 1971, and, and really didn't do it before then. The only time we really ran deficits before 1971 was war. I mean, that's it. And, and I guess I, I will throw out the, the the last part of the Johnson years was the was was uh, they started to to spike in a non I guess a non-war time. But outside of that, this is a new phenomenon in the last 50 years. Every time it happened, we lost a few people off the middle class, and we lost a few more and a few more, and, and then it started to, a few more and a few more and a few more, right? And now we've got this massive part of the population. I've been talking about it all year, barely trying to hang on. And now, per this survey from apartment list, 20%, so one in five, 20% of renters admitted they were unable to make their monthly payments on time at least once in the last three months. Okay, we're not going back, hey, one time in the last year, two years, three, no, just in the last three months. It says the data found that nearly one in five renters were unable to pay their, their rent in full. They estimated that 3.7 million Americans have experienced an eviction in the last three months, which is way higher than I thought it would be. Uh, they said that, uh, and they went on and, and, and broke it down between apartments and houses, and it, you know, because it, you know, it says apartments, but it was, it was everything. So whether you're renting an apartment or renting a house, it, it really didn't matter based on income. Those below 30,000, they were almost at, at 30%. 30 to 60,000, they were at oh, just over 15%. And the people making 60,000 or more, they were still one in 10. And then, like I said, this was just in the last three months. And it, and it also broke it down by education. I mean, it did all of that stuff. And it really was across the board. It didn't seem to matter. Uh, obviously, it did a little bit. You know, if you're making less than 30000 you had a much better chance than if you were making more than sixty. Uh, but even today, even with all of this great news, and you think about 40% of the country is now a renter. Right, Joel, just under. I guess home ownership's about 62%. Uh, then followed that up with a, a report from Adam Data Solutions. A-T-T-O-M. Okay, so now they, once a year, they're, what they do is they, they list or count all the vacant houses. Okay, so think about it. I, I don't know how they do it, but apparently they have a way <laughs> where they go through the records and, and have it set up there where they collect the data on how many vacant houses there are in the entire country. 
And they used to produce this report. They called it the zombie foreclosure report. Because, again, this was before Wall Street got involved. And, and they used to track how many homes were sitting empty and the bank was kind of, you know, waiting, right? Sitting on the property, waiting to, for it to turn around or whatever they were waiting for. They said that zombie foreclosure. Well, the foreclosure side is declining, right? The zombie foreclosure. There is a huge spike in the amount of vacant properties in the United States. All of them, and I should, I, and I'm, I'm going to say all of them. Obviously, it's probably not quite all of them are investor properties. And they went on and and said there's 1.54 million vacant homes currently owned by investors right now. And you know, and I think about the the uh, National Association of, uh, Association of Realtors talking about uh, the lack of the lack of homes for sale. Well, I, I got 1.5 million of them just sitting empty right now. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. A recent study of top colleges and universities in the United States found that the overwhelming majority of schools do not provide students with the most basic elements of due process. The Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, or FIRE, recently found that nearly three-quarters of America's top 53 universities do not even guarantee students that they will be presumed innocent until proven guilty. FIRE's rating system is based on an analysis of 10 critically important procedural safeguards, including a clearly stated presumption of innocence, the right to impartial fact-finders, and the ability to pose relevant questions to witnesses. Most institutions have one set of standards for adjudicating charges of sexual misconduct and another for all other charges, FIRE explained in their report. 79% of universities received a D or F rating for protecting the due process rights of students accused of sexual misconduct. Incredibly, the story showed that of the 102 policies rated at the 53 schools in the report, not a single policy receives an A grade. In fact, only two schools were able to receive a B grade for their policies on sexual and non-sexual misconduct. While Laura Dunn, executive director of Serve Justice and a legal advocate for victims of sexual assault, challenged some of FIRE's proposed safeguards, shockingly going so far as to question a presumption of innocence for the accused. A presumption of innocence advantages the accused only, and Title IX requires equity, she said. No presumption should be made either way, and schools should engage in an inquisitorial process to determine the truth rather than artificially favor the accused going into it. Well, rape is a serious crime, and any and all allegations of rape should be handled by real police and real prosecutors. Our Fifth Amendment rights should not be taken lightly. Those accused of rape face life-altering consequences, sometimes based on the testimony of only one other person. 
Disputes about sexual crimes need to be handled properly and fairly by professionals according to established constitutional law. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. The $20 Liberties and Saints 1320. And I find myself, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the biggest silver fan, and I think all of you know that. But, you know, I also know you got to have some. But, man, oh, I have loved it a lot this year. And today's another one of those days. I mean, silver... Uh, has recovered all of its losses from earlier in the morning, but at sixteen dollars and seventy-five cents, uh, it—I uh, think you're stealing it. Re- real, real close to it. Uh, Silver Eagle rolls at four hundred bucks. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I apologize, my computer locked up, so I was trying to recite off a of memory. So the number was one point three six seven. One point one million. 368,000, we'll round up, 1,368,000 vacant homes. In 81 of the 149 metropolitan areas, okay, so they, they, they go and they do all the big ones, analyzed in the report, showed increases in the amount of vacant owned homes by investors. Chicago, New York, St. Louis, Baltimore, Phoenix led the list. Then they also noted that there's evidence that the ultra-tight inventory environment and some red-hot housing markets is beginning to ease. With vacant property rates nudging higher in markets such as San Jose, San Francisco, L.A., Boston, and Denver. So... Just throwing it out there, you know, when when the prices get so high, and now, of course, when you look at these home sales, kind of like the jobs market today. And again, this is why, when I go back to why gold and silver are in in the sweet spot, it's because of things like this. This This is something that we haven't seen. This is what I would say is the unintended consequences of what it is that the Federal Reserve has done. Okay, one of the unintended consequences is, right, we've got Wall Street owning millions of properties. I mean, how many do they own? And we're never going to know because they set up all these little shell companies and all of this other stuff. But if there's one point, you know, almost 1.4 million vacant homes, how many are there? Five million? Six million? Seven million? I don't know what the number is. I'd love to know it. And so when you look at home sales today, it used to be home sales almost exclusively like, you know, you go back 20 years ago. Definitely go back 30 or 40 years ago. It was because people were actually buying a home. 
right? It was the American dream. You know, and you had your flippers and you had your slumlords. You had, you had some, but, but the vast majority was people buying a home. Now we've got a whole different kind of home scene. And then you look at the jobs market, right? And they talk about jobless claims and and full employment and all of these things. And again, this isn't what it appears, right? And we talk about the Phillips curve, right? Why is that broke? And for those of you that don't, if you don't know what the Phillips curve is, I'm not going to talk about it today. You can look it up on your own. But all of these numbers, really are pointing to something vastly different. And really what it's pointing to is the average American is getting poorer. Right? The average American, now one in five people who rent are late paying pretty much all the time. Right? I mean, in the last three months, they've done it. Right? At least once, if not multiple times. And, and, and really my guess is that number's rising. And then you look at, but we're at full employment. We're, we got Wall Street at all-time highs, and we've seen these these bubble environments before because they keep trying to to fix the problem using the same thing, which is the what the debt card. And every time they use the debt card, we lose millions of Americans to poverty. I mean, we still are well over 40 million people on food stamps. That number was 17 million 20 years ago. It's now 40. Social Security Administration broke a record. Actually, they've been breaking records every year, but this one is in a... It's important because it was a milestone for the very first time. Remember, this is another thing I've been telling you about. Another reason. Why why is Joe saying gold and silver are in the sweet spot? Because it's poised to go. And the reason is that I believe it's poised to go, and it's already going. I mean, it started out at 1,052 years ago. Silver was 13 bucks. In fiscal 2017, and I like how they use this term, in fiscal 2017, real Social Security Administration spending, <laughs> as opposed to, to fake Social Security spending, real Social Security spending topped a trillion dollars for the first time, according to the data published by the Treasury Department. So once a month, the Treasury releases kind of a, like, um, like a balance sheet, if you will. Hey, here's where we've spent the money. For the first time in history, the Social Security Administration broke the trillion-dollar level, bringing the total for 2017 to $1,871,000,000. And I bring this up because I told you already, we don't even collect a trillion with the payroll tax. And... That number, right, we know we're going to get a 2% increase in the COLA payments. We know that 10,000 people a day get added to the rolls of Social Security. You start seeing what I'm talking about? 
one trillion becomes one point two trillion becomes one point five trillion. You know, we we only collect three trillion dollars in taxes, and and Trump's going to make sure that's less. That was thirty-seven times as much as the Department of State spent during the year. Uh, Thirty-two times as much as the Department of Justice spent. Twenty times as much as the Department of Homeland Security spent. And fiscal 2017 was also about 76% more than the federal government spent on the Department of Defense and military programs. By the way, that number, just a shade under $600 billion. Let's see, Medicaid's over a trillion, Social Security's now over a trillion, the Fed spending $600 billion. Patriot Radio News Hour, the sweet spot continues. The super cycle is here. In 2006, Social Security Administration spent about $600 billion. Today, it broke a trillion. By 2026, that number, they're projecting $1.64 trillion. And I'm going to stick with, let's use that number. The only department that spent more money than Social Security, Health and Human Services, which is a fancy way of saying Medicare. They spent $1.116 trillion. so they were pretty close. So between the two programs, that's $2.1 trillion. 53% of all government spending is in those two departments. Health and Human Services, Social Security Administration. Third, Defense, $570 billion. Fourth, interest on the debt. Now, think about it. Remember where we're at. And think about where it would be if we were at, I don't know, 4, 5, 6%. At 2%, well, the Fed funds rate's at 1%. But the 10-year note's been at 2% pretty much all year. $456 billion we spent on the interest in the debt. Those four categories now take up the entire amount plus of what the what the government collected in taxes in 2017. Then you've got Veteran Affairs, Agriculture Department, Education Department, Office of Personnel Management, Transportation Department, other defense civil programs, HUD, Housing and Urban Development, Homeland Security. We didn't pay for any of that yet. Labor Department, Justice Department, State Department, Energy Department, International Assistance, NASA, Interior Department, Independent Agencies, Commerce Department, the EPA, the Judicial, the National Science Foundation, the Corps of Engineers, the Legislature Branch, the Treasury Department itself, the Small Business Administration, Executive Office of the President, Public Defender Services, and a surface transportation board. How about that? Whew. That was another trillion dollars. <laughs> so 
So according to the government, the and, and by the way, Medicare and Social Security are kind of on the same path. So they're going to go from roughly $2.1 trillion of government spending nine years from today. They anticipate both of those numbers will be somewhere between 3.2 to 3.5 trillion dollars. Just in those two programs. And you start asking yourself of why I sit here and tell you this is the sweet spot that we've been in. Right? Because we've gotten lucky because, and I guess we should think. Janet Yellen, who, by the way, yesterday, well, I do need to get to this, yesterday, gold was down yesterday because news broke that Janet Yellen was out of the running to, to re, be reappointed for her term. And, of course, I already told you weeks ago, Jerome Powell, Jerome J. Powell is going to be the new the new head of the Federal Reserve. Uh, today, the, the, the rumor mill is circulating that that is where Trump is leaning. Uh, gold was actually down again this morning until that came out because people were talking about John Taylor, uh, the Stanford economist. And, of course, I've been telling you uh, that would be exact opposite of what Trump wants. Uh, CNBC actually wrote a really good article about it saying that Jay Powell is the best person not named Janet Yellen. That what makes Jay Powell good is he's just like Janet Yellen, but his name isn't Janet Yellen. Uh, And, of course, Janet Yellen, obviously uh, a very huge dub. The fact that interest rates are still at 1%. And I think she's right. I think she knows, right? Janet Yellen knows. She knows when she looks at these reports that things are, well, yeah, I know that the report says it's it's good, like unemployment, but we kind of know why. And I kind of know what's going on with the lack of inventory allegedly in the housing market. And I know all about all these vacant properties out there. And I know all about what's happening with Social Security and Medicare, and I know all about what's going on in all of these pension plans and all of the like. But according to the latest, uh, Donald Trump is now leaning towards Powell, uh, but the source said it's still not decided yet. Uh, Trump believes that uh, the low... Remember, we talked about this. He wants low rates. So why would he nominate somebody who didn't want low rates? And there's really, of the four people that were under consideration, there's really two people that were for ultra-low rates, Janet Yellen and now Jay Powell, and I think that's who we're going to get. I mean, really, I I think I said this last week, or maybe it was earlier this week, they kind of all run together. Uh, That it was going to be, I thought it was going to be one of those two. I never really gave any consideration to anybody else, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think Gold's going to like that, right? Gold would like either one of those names, uh, where if it had been Warsh or, or, or Taylor, uh, Gold would have reacted negatively, even though, like I said earlier this week, it really doesn't matter. doesn't matter who the next Fed chief is, because 
The deficit's 20 plus trillion, and according to the Social Security Administration, it's just getting started. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on this Friday. Uh, quick, quick look here at the the markets. Uh, gold's up a couple of bucks, twelve hundred and sixty nine dollars right now. Silver at sixteen dollars and seventy four cents. The Dow is up twenty two points. Uh, we had a, I would say, a positive GDP number. Unfortunately, not not how we wanted to get to three, but it came in at three. Uh, most, pretty much all of the the better than average part was they just made too much stuff, right? Which is always kind of the double-edged sword of okay, we've got too much stuff, and you see it with the like the automobile companies, right? They keep slowing production and and closing plants and all of those things, and that's kind of the worry. Uh, the Nasdaq goes up 136. Amazon, we have a new world's richest man. Jeff Bezos passed Bill Gates today as the world's richest man, and he now has an estimated $90 billion bucks. <laughs> I don't know, I'm thinking about, wow, that $90 billion. Don't you think Illinois would love to have that, wouldn't they? Right, That would be just enough. He could pay off Puerto Rico's debt and still have, you know, $20 billion. No, not quite $20 billion. He could, you know, figure about $15 billion left over if he paid off uh, Puerto Rico's debt. Uh, Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man, with $90 billion. And by the way, just on a side note, because I always love to look at the biggest driver of consumer spending was recreational vehicles. Those guys putting the, you know, the guy with the Corvette in the garage or the the Porsche that uh, he only he only drives it on 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 weekends and threatens their kids with death if they steal the car while they're on vacation. Uh, that was the the biggest driver of consumer spending. And as I said, consumer spending fell. Uh, in the third quarter from the second quarter. But nonetheless, the Dow's up 22 points. Today's, we got a couple of different, U.S. Silver Eagles, 400 bucks a roll. $20 Liberties and Saints at 1320 at 800-951-0592. I hope you take the time to put it away. It's what keeps us right here. Uh, we've been doing it for over 20 what, 21, 22 years now uh, at 800-951-0592. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll kind of see what plays out. Uh, I'm expecting, at least from what Donald says, I think we're going to have an answer by next week on who the next Fed governor is. And, uh, you know, whatever happens next, we'll talk all about it. We'll keep you in the know. Uh, don't forget, make sure you go out to allamericangold.com. You can always order online as well. I'll make sure those prices are online as well for you. So now you you don't even have to call. That's how easy it is. Uh, if you're listening to the show via podcast or if you're listening to the show uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, Sunday, you can go out to allamericangold.com. Uh, along the top, you go to the shopping cart, and you'll be able to uh, – place your orders that way or 
the old-fashioned way. Yep, you just call us up at 800-951-0592. Arlene is here. She'll take great care of you. Everyone have a great, great weekend. It's going to only be one. I, think I heard rumor that we could be in the 80s next week. That's always something positive. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk again Monday. Thank you.